Does anybody ever follow like basketball? <laughs> Is there anything happening in Canada just now? Could you invite somebody over to watch like a Raptors game? Would that count? <laughs> well, I don't know. You know, just we're building community. We're, we're giving God a chance to connect us with other people and to quite enjoy the other people that uh, we have in our life. So last night, um, uh, we were, Ruth and I were invited to a party in our neighborhood back home in Lucan, the home of the Fighting Irish hockey team. And um, anyway, we had this party, but Ruth had a migraine. She doesn't get them very often, but she did yesterday. So I went on my own and ended up talking with some people that I hadn't met before. And I told Ruth this morning on the way down, the party was just a little rougher than sometimes there is. Like some of the conversation and this kind of stuff that was happening, these are not uh, actually a couple of people there were, were our Christian friends, but most of the others, uh, were they don't know the Lord. So we were just there, and we then kind of realized what's happened over the years. We've had some people over, they've had us over, and we just have become a part of their life, and we get a chance to talk together. We get a chance to even to pray together at times, and just to see what God is doing in our community. And so this is just, this is a part of our life, and this book, Surprise the World, is, is just sort of captures for us something about the idea of living in a way where we're open and connecting with other people. And it's just so biblical in its content. And so this is what we want, this is what we're doing uh, over these five weeks. And I was saying to somebody this week that I have this fear, actually. I have this fear. Um, actually, I'm a little dry this morning. That's one of my fears. I, hate, I don't want to bore anybody with the Bible. That's one of my fears, honestly that I'll be so dry, people say, eh. But anyway, okay, thanks, Cole. But my other fear is this, that this series will end up feeling like sort of what Catherine, Catherine felt. Thanks a lot. Uh, that's really nice. That it'll feel to you like a drink of water. That it'll feel refreshing and good. Like you'll be saying, you know what? I've always, I've wanted to connect with my neighbors better, but I've just, but Netflix, you know, it just, that's easier. And so maybe we've got something new and different and fresh and something really helpful. Uh, it's just a tool is all it is. This, these ideas of helping us to reach out to other people in our community in surprising ways. So uh, there we go. So anyway, I'm hoping that over these weeks it won't feel like something you must do, but that you might actually enjoy connecting with other people in good ways. Now, I've got an announcement to make, and that's that Ross and Thelma Woodward have been married for 70 years. They've been a part of this church for a long time. 70 years. Can you imagine? Uh, <laughs> Uh, so they are going to be celebrating that this Saturday, June the 8th, from 2 to 4 p.m. at Hopedale Chapel. And so that information really needs to be somewhere else. I'm not sure where else, Cole. I'll just say this once. But anyway, uh, that's a celebration for them this Saturday from 2 to 4 at Hopedale. 
oh, there's a card to sign at the back. So if you would, if you go back and sign that thing afterwards, thanks, Paul, um, then that'll be presented to them next week. But I think it's an open house anyway, so people can go. Okay. I want to pray, then let's look at God's word. Heavenly Father, ah, it's good to be together. I thank you for these brothers and sisters here. Every one of them, so precious in your eyes. And therefore, really precious in this family at Forest View. Thank you, Lord, for each one. And you alone know the reason why you've brought us here this morning and why we've come and why we're not somewhere else. And we pray that you'll speak to our hearts today. I pray for those who are going through a tough time, really feel strung out, kind of hanging on with their fingernails. Meet their needs today, Lord, I pray. Strengthen them. Give them courage. We come alongside them to encourage, to trust in you, and to see how you are going to work things out, and uh, to know that there are brothers and sisters who want to walk alongside all the way. And for those of us, Lord, who are maybe a little bit um, lazy in our faith, and uh, maybe feeling like we actually would like to make some changes, would you help us to consider this and to hear your voice? So we ask you to do this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, okay, oh, one other thing. The, the prayer is still ongoing. Father, <laughs> I want to pray for the search team. Thank you so much for these who've really committed to being involved in the search process. And as a body here, as a family of believers, we want to pray for them, that you'll lead them according to the great wisdom that comes from on high. That you will provide, Lord, a person to lead into the next chapter at Forest View, a fruitful time when the love and the truth of Jesus Christ is powerfully experienced here, where people will be meeting Jesus and will be coming more like Jesus and will be carrying this out into our worlds. So we give this over to you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, some people have asked me, because I'm a transitional pastor, if that is it awkward then to talk about a search team that's looking for somebody to replace me. I say, no, it's not awkward at all. The role that God has given Ruth and me is to, is to do this. This is the fourth, fourth time that we've done this, and we actually quite love this. We just find it kind of hard to come and to get to know you and love you and then walk away <laughs> at the end. That's the difficulty. But one of the things we've found is that God has given us chapters in our life. God gives you chapters in your life too, where you're all in in this chapter. And then that chapter closes, and then there's another chapter. And it's the same author. Are you with me? Same author, just another chapter. So we're praying for God's wisdom and God's grace in, in the whole search process. And we're so thankful for, for what the Lord is doing here and what he will do in the future. Okay? So pray for the search team, for sure. Now, um, today we're talking about eating with others. There it is. Anybody hungry? <laughs> I see some salivation happening out there. So I hope you're hungry today because um, hunger 
is so much more than for food. Our hunger, the hungers that God has built into our lives are really so much more than just for food, but for connection with other people, for a sense of community, a place where we belong, a place where we can know and be known, where we can love and be loved. And so this is um, what we're talking about today, eating with one another, connecting with one another. There was a video a little while ago where a woman is leaving her office and she turns around to say goodbye to everybody and everybody's on their phone or on the computer. So she walks out, she gets on the elevator and everybody on the elevator is on their phone looking down, you know. And so she's a little frustrated. She gets out on the street and people are walking by like this looking at their stuff, nobody makes eye contact. She gets home, she walks into her apartment, and her daughter's there with the earphones on with the computer in front of her. And she just is fed up. She drops her bag. The next thing you know, her daughter and she are carrying this uh, table out into the hallway, and then they're bringing a meal out there, and they put their two chairs, four or four chairs maybe, in the hallway of this apartment building. And then the next thing you see is there's a young couple with a little kid stepping out of the elevator, and uh, they bid them, come on down and eat with us. The little girl's dragging her mom and dad down to the table. Then there are more around the table. A couple more people get out, and then uh, they add another table, and then this little girl goes down to the end of the hallway and knocks on the last door. And some old curmudgeon sticks his head out like this, you know. And then he shuts the door and he goes back in. And the little girl's there and she just goes. And then the guy comes out and he's got a bottle of wine in one hand and a big fat sausage in the other hand with the biggest smile on your face that you can imagine. And then we see, what church is doing this? And then they say this comment. Nothing brings us together like eating together. You say, what church is this? And it's a President's Choice commercial. (laughs) Nothing brings us together like eating together. There's a profound truth to that commercial. There's something about sitting and eating across the table. I love the fact that these guys in the back corner here have directed, have helped to make happen our lunches for the last number of months, and many volunteers as well, right, Heather? Um, So this eating together is one of the ways that we connect with one another. Our world is divided and hostile, and and in many ways, uh, hostile or indifferent or whatever it is, eating together brings us together, and eating expresses God's great heart. It's a heart of acceptance. I think maybe that's up there, is it? I don't know. Eating expresses God's great heart of welcoming others, generosity, hospitality. Um, And it's not only that we're hungry for food, we're hungry for togetherness and for this connection. And I think of Jesus. He says, as often as you do this unto one of the least of these, you do it unto me, he said. So when we're welcoming, eating, serving other people. We're serving Jesus as we do this. And uh, so, eating uh, centers on this idea of hunger. And one grandmother said, hunger is the best spice. You think about it. 
when you're really hungry, doesn't it taste good? And so when people are lonely, when we're in sort of a divided and polarized world, doesn't it really feel good to get together with people and to have a time together like this? So I have some scriptures coming up here. Oh, yeah, those are the things. Eating together expresses those things. So let's look at these verses, okay? I've just cherry-picked. There are tons all over the place. Somebody said if you take out all the references to food and parties that are in the hospital, that are in the Bible... Where did that come from? If you take out all that, all, all the references to food in the Bible, you wouldn't have very much left. Where did that come from? Okay, here we go. Psalm 145. The eyes of all look to you, God, in hope. You give them their food as they need it. When you open your hand, you satisfy the hunger and thirst of every living thing. God's our provider. Um, Psalm 23. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil, my cup overflows with blessings. When we eat together, it's a reminder that we have a good shepherd who cares for us and we're sharing with others. This is the shepherd's psalm, right? Psalm 23. Isaiah 25, God paints this picture of a future. In Jerusalem, the Lord of heaven's armies will spread a wonderful feast for all the peoples of the world. You know, the Jewish people missed the all of this. They thought it was just for them, and it became very small and myopic. And so God again reminds them through Isaiah, this is for all the people of the world, this feast. It will be a delicious banquet with clear, well-aged wine and choice meat. There he will remove the cloud of gloom, the shadow of death that hangs over the earth. The cloud of, of gloom and um, shadow of death. The, the next verse actually says, and he will, uh, what's it say? It's not he will eat hunger, but he will, con- he will consume death. And so the idea is this. Death eats us. God's going to eat death in the end. And we're going to be all together in the feast of the Lord. And the last one, Revelation 3.20, many of you know this. This is the invitation of Jesus. He stands there with his arms wide open, knocking on the door of our hearts. He says, behold, I stand at the door of your heart, and I knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I'll come in, and we'll eat with you or sup with you, as some of us learned it, share a meal together as friends. This is the heart of God, longing to reach out to every one of us. So I think before we go further... I don't know exactly where you are in your life. I don't know exactly what you're going through just now, but God does. And here's the thing. His invitation to every one of us is an incredible invitation. Knocking on the doors of our hearts. Knocking on the doors of our lives. And inviting himself in, if we'll have him. He wants to meet us in the midst of our struggles. And he wants to walk with us and eat with us. And eating is this picture of intimacy and welcoming and love and harmony. So that's our wonderful God. Those are powerful verses. There was a picture that was done by um, Andrei Rublev, a Russian painter in the 1400s. It's called The Hospitality of Abraham. And here it is. 
Now, you remember the story of Abraham that there were three visitors who came to him and he started off by offering them water and then he sort of upgraded the meal and then they uh, killed a sheep or something and they were preparing all this stuff, butchering, cooking and everything. So it was a long time and as he was entertaining strangers, he found out that actually God was present with them. Very interesting. And when he painted this painting, you'll notice that down at the bottom, there's a little square thing at the bottom. Thanks for that highlight there. Uh, This was later called the Trinity because it was thought Father, Son, and Holy Spirit were coming and visiting uh, Abraham at that time. But anyway, this little thing at the bottom apparently was a mirror that Rublev put in the picture so that at the table... Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, there's a table. There's room for one more in the middle. And the thought was that when you looked at that picture, you'd see your own face in the mirror. And you'd say, oh, God is inviting me to his table like this? Quite interesting, eh? This, the same idea that we're talking about here, that the, that the Lord is offering us this incredible invitation to eat with him, dine with him, spend all of our life with him as best friends. Wonderful picture. You know, um, can you imagine Jesus inviting us to his table? Because he really is the bread of life. After feeding the 5,000, you know this story, he basically said to the people, look, don't settle for physical food. Don't settle for that. You have deeper hungers. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Feed on him. So the New Testament is full of meals and wedding feasts and so on. And one of my favorite stories here is the story of the father who had two sons. You'll all know this story. And the younger son said, Dad, I wish you were dead so I could get my inheritance so I could go off and have some fun finally. So the father liquidates some stuff, gives it to his son. His son goes off, wastes all the money, and comes back totally wasted. And what does the father do? You know. (laughs) He throws a party, a huge party, and the older brother sort of stands outside with his arms crossed and says, I'm not going in there. This jerk who took half the stuff and went off and wasted it, I'm not celebrating his coming back. And the father, it seems like this older kid doesn't love his younger brother. He doesn't maybe even love his father because he doesn't enter into his father's heart. And we know that this story in Luke 15 is told, Jesus tells the story, because there were religious leaders. And they were criticizing Jesus for eating with sinners and tax collectors if you know that story. Now, sinners and tax collectors. Tax collectors, you should think of mafia when you think of tax collectors. Or you could think of ticket scalpers who are charging how many thousand dollars for a Raptors ticket? 40 grand, was it? Somebody said that for a Raptors ticket. You think of people who are totally taking advantage of of other people, right? So, uh, and... They, the religious leaders, hated those tax collectors and would not eat with them at all. But Jesus reached out to them and ate with them. And so 
the purpose of this story is to say that Jesus eats with those kind of people, and he's been inviting those kinds of people into his family forever. But the religious leaders over here wouldn't have anything to do with those kind of people. And the challenge as I was thinking about this week is, who am I going to be like? Am I going to be like Jesus, who has arms wide open to eat with whoever he puts in my path, and even go looking for people who are on the margins and on the side? Or am I going to be like the religious leaders and just say, I'm not going to eat with people who I'm not comfortable with? And I find the tendency to be like the religious leaders. Just offer that to you. So I need to be challenged, and I feel challenged, to open up the door to all and whoever, because God does. To be in touch with the heart of the living God. Another story, a buddy of mine, Jean-Sebastien from Quebec, he uh, came to our Vision Ministries conference a couple of years ago in Waterloo. And while we were all there, there were about 150 people there at Vision Ministries conference, um, the challenge was to be reaching out to people who we don't find very easy to connect with. And he thought, immediately he thought of one guy that he worked with who was just a real pain in the neck. Actually, the truth was it was a number of vertebrae lower than the neck where he was a real pain. But anyway, he's thinking of this guy, and he decides, you know what? I'm, I really despise him, and I find it hard to be with him at all. So he, got on his, he prayed for him, first of all, and then he got on his phone, and he called the guy in Quebec. And he said, listen, I'll be back next week. Could we have lunch together? The guy was gobsmacked. He was surprised because nobody ever invited him to lunch. But Jean-Sebastien did. This is what we're talking about. Is we surprise the world when we have the heart and attitude of God to reach out to people who maybe we just don't naturally like to do that. So why do we not do this? I'd say that we are deeply influenced by a culture, by our culture, which basically says M-Y-O-B. Does anybody know what that means, M-Y-O-B? Help me, huh? Mind your own business. Just mind your own business. You, Netflix is fine, just mind your own business. Just go home and sit down. And sometimes it's appropriate to mind our own business, but sometimes it's an isolation policy that just is to protect us and not put us in any positions that make us feel um, sort of uncomfortable. And there are cultures in our world where this doesn't exist, where you actually cook with other people around the same fire, and you're always talking and connecting with one another. But not so in North America, right? We drive in, we push the button, our garage goes up, we drive in, the garage goes down, and that's it. Leave me alone. Mind your own business. And why would I stick with people that I know? Because that's more comfortable. It's not like Jesus... It's just more comfortable. And at Forest View here, our 
our big goal is that we will meet Jesus and what? Help me, somebody. <laughs> Become more like him. So the idea of reaching out to people who we find difficult to be with is part of the mandate. And if we're not, when I'm not doing this, I'm forfeiting an incredible opportunity to be formed more like Jesus, if that makes sense. If I'm not reaching out to people who aren't like me and I'm not very comfortable with, then I'm for forfeiting the opportunity to be shaped more like Jesus in my heart and in my life. Jesus knows that we have a problem, and he addresses this in Luke 14. Um, questionable behavior. Jesus turns to his host, so he's in a meal here. He says, when you put on a luncheon or a banquet, don't invite your friends, brothers, relatives, and rich neighbors, for they'll invite you back, and that will be your only reward. Instead, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. Then at the resurrection of the righteous, God will reward you for inviting those who could not repay you. What do you think of this? These are Jesus' words, right? Is he saying, don't you ever have a coffee with your best friend again? He's not saying that, right? He's not saying, okay, if you actually like some people, don't invite them over. He's not saying that at all. But he's saying if the dominant pattern of our life is only welcoming people that we're comfortable with, then we're not being shaped like Jesus the way he wants to shape us. And we're forfeiting opportunities for spiritual growth in our own life. So, well, that's challenging, isn't it? Somebody said at communion, we celebrate the fact that God invites us. We revel in the fact that the risen Lord Jesus Christ invites us to his table. But the person went on to say, don't miss the tears of Jesus for those who have not yet come. The feast is prepared for those who have believed and who are coming, but the feast is also prepared for those who have not come yet. And our role is to pray and to invite and be present with people. So I'm coming to the conclusion here, just so you know. <laughs> um, I'd like to propose a couple of things. One is that you have a group of Christian friends. We're going to be talking about this week, three eating with three people or getting together significantly with three people over, doesn't have to be a big meal, could be coffee and a donut or whatever, or just coffee. But with three people, one who's in the church, one who's outside and has nothing to do with the church, and a third person, your choice. Um, and to connect together in a significant way. For years, probably 25 years, I met with three guys, sometimes four guys, every Thursday morning. This was like a lifeline for me. These were Christian guys from the church. And we would challenge one another. We would do book studies. We would study through a book of the Bible. We would ask one another, how are you doing? How can I pray for you? This was very challenging and very moving, moving me forward in my spiritual life. I'd really encourage you. Do you have a little group like that? 
that you can meet with regularly. People are going to hold you up and pray for you. And when times are tough, they're going to be there for you. And when you're slacking off, they're going to challenge you. Do you have a group like this? This would be great. And maybe you could start something like that if you don't have one by inviting a Christian friend out for something and seeing how it goes. The second thing then is, what about people who, are, who don't know the Lord yet and you're going to eat anyway, right? How many of you eat? <laughs> okay, like three times a day or maybe? So if you took seven, that's 21 opportunities in a week, right? That we have to, we're going to sit down and we're going to eat anyway. It's just a matter, we're not adding something new to what we're doing. We're just saying we're going to broaden it out a little bit and invite somebody to eat with us. And uh, I mentioned to you before about Nikki, who's, who was our foster son for four years during his, uh, his teenage years. And um, it didn't end very well, not as we had hoped. We felt like failures in the end. But anyway, uh, this was up in Labrador. And he hitchhiked from Labrador to London, Ontario, and he still lives in London. And Ruth and I get together with him every couple of weeks or so for pizza and Coke, Pepsi, actually. And uh, you'll be glad for that, Craig. Um, anyway, and you know what? We talk, and when he's had, he's just crashed, and he's been having awful times. We just invite him out. We sit, we talk, we pray for him. And he says, I, I, I praise every day, Dad. He says, I praise every day. It's Newfoundland, right? I praise every day and I praise every night. Well, who knows what God's doing in his life, honestly. But we just, we get together over a meal and we talk and we pray and we trust God. So, uh, let's see, what else comes up here? The challenge. This week, bless three people, at least one of whom is not connected with Forest View. This week, Oh, we'll try that and still do that. This week, eat with three people, at least one of whom is not connected with Forest View. The Lord forming us to be people who step out, and um, not because we have to, but because the Lord is calling us to be connecting people who love others. Um, I should end, but I have one other story. And here we go. Um... Another food story. Jesus spoke about a man who sent out invitations to all his friends and said, I'm going to be throwing a big party and I'm inviting you all to come. And everybody sent back their RSVPs and they said, we'll be there for sure. So he cooks up. He kills the beef. He cooks it all up and everything's all ready. And he sends his servants out. Okay, go out and invite all those people to come in now because they said they were coming. So they go out and everybody's got an excuse. Nobody's coming to his party. So he says, okay. Well then, guys, go out and invite everybody you can find. Go on the back streets, go on the other side of the tracks, go out to the bus stops, go wherever you can. Just find people and invite them in. Doesn't matter who they are. Get them in here. So they go out. Now, two thoughts. One is, you may feel like you're outside sort of the scope and realm of God's love and care and his invitation to his banquet. You are not outside. You are so loved by the living God of the universe. He invites you to his table. He knocks on the door of your heart and says, will you let me in? It's a beautiful invitation from the God who created the whole universe. 
And you could just say, come on in, renovate me, change my heart. You could. It's that simple. And then tell somebody and begin to grow in the faith, in the walk with God. But the other thing is this. Imagine that the servant said to him, oh, I, uh, okay, I don't know how to talk to people when I go out there. And um, besides, they'll never believe me anyway that you're inviting them to a meal with you. And besides, I'm actually too busy, so I can't. Can you imagine a servant refusing his master that way? Oh, that feels like guilting, doesn't it, to even say it that way? But let's thank the Lord that Jesus didn't come with the attitude of MYOB. He came minding our business, coming for us out of love and care, coming reaching out to us, and he asked us to do the same to others because there's room for all according to the heart of God. Lord, would you help us as we do this? And Father, um, uh, if this has been guilting, would you just erase that now? And would you help us to hear your voice and to realize that you call us to your table. We call us to re- you call us to relationship with you. And you call us then to be filled up with your love and reaching out to others. And help us to step out, out on a limb where the fruit is. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So before us is this table and the fact that the God of the universe has done everything possible for us to be reconciled to him and move into his family and be a part of his family. And I'd ask you as we take this today that as you, uh, you, you will come to the tables. There are tables at the back and tables up at the front. And we're gonna put these around. But as you get up and move to the table and take the bread and then drink the cup. Would you think of us going out into our neighborhoods? Christ came all the way here for us. Now we're gonna move to the table, take the bread and drink the cup, and then back to our seats, and then we'll sing one more song and be on our way. But there's movement involved here, motion. Because God is calling us to move. Move closer to him, closer to one another, and closer to our neighbors. So those who are serving, would you come now? And uh, I'll just pray as you come, okay? Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this remembrance, this celebration of who you are, and this awesome thought that you have left your comfort zone to come here to reach out to us, and you invite us to your table today. Would you help us to savor the joy of you inviting us to your table. And would you help us to remember your tears for those who are not here yet. And that you'd move us with your love to love them and to speak the truth into their lives. In Jesus' name, amen.